Hi you guys, it's me, the gorgeous Kamari, and you are listening to GK Sex Fashion Podcast, a podcast where our objective is turn the old into the new. On today's episode, we are going to dive into the topic of porn and its industry with a recording of the speech spoken by ex-actress Shelley Lubin. The Gorgeous Shelley was an American author, singer, motivational speaker, and pornographic actress. As a performer in the adult film industry, she was known professionally as Roxy. After she left the sex industry, Lubin became a born-again Christian and anti-pornography activist. From 2008 to 2016, she was the executive director of the Pink Cross Foundation which reaches out to women and men in the pornography and speaks in public forums, sharing about the hazardous working conditions that she experienced in the porn industry. I say was due to her recent passing, February 9th, 2019. With that being said, I'd like to take a moment of silence for her right now. I am back. So this episode is going to be part one of three parts of the porn episode. As far as I plan. <laughs> um, and this is going to be solely her speech that she spoke at <clears throat> a student Christian high school. I hope you guys enjoy with no further ado, I'm going to get started with her speech. Enjoy. Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization located right here in Bakersfield, California, and we reach out to the porn industry and we rescue women out of porn. Uh, we will help the guys too, but mainly it's the women who come to us for help. We also fight pornography in the legal system from anything to safety and health to sex trafficking, uh, labor laws. Um, let's just say I'm, I'm doing everything I can that God told me to do to take this multi-billion dollar lie down. And so today I'm going to educate you about the truth behind porn. A lot of people have a lot of lies they believe about pornography. And I'm one of the world's leading experts on this. And the reason why, first of all, is because Jesus Christ called me to do this. And second of all, 
I'm an ex-porn star, and I've been there, and I know exactly what happens in that industry. And I want to make sure after today that you all walk away knowing 100% the truth about pornography. First of all, for some of you innocent ones, I prayed about how to do this, of course. And I thought I would define pornography for you. Obviously, many of you have seen it. I'm not dumb. And by the way, there's no condemnation today. Any of you who are viewing pornography or who have a problem with pornography or if you've been hurt by sexual abuse or have any kind of sexual um, needs as far as, you know, understanding, I want you to feel free to come to Mr. Ward, Mr. Root, and the leadership team, or my husband and I to pray. You have a safe place here today. There's no condemnation for those of you who are in Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you so you could grow and learn in him. And so you are free to come up for prayer afterwards and or confess whatever you need to do. So today I want to explain, first of all, what pornography is. It's printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity, and it's intended to cause sexual excitement or arousal. The word pornography is actually derived from the Greek word porne, which means prostitute, and graphene, which means to write. So it's literally defined as any kind of literature, magazine, film, video, writing that depicts the life of prostitutes. So when you view pornography, you are viewing prostitution, you are viewing prostitutes. So it's porne, graphene, pornography. Let's talk about the Bible and pornography. I wish I could have gotten deep into this because I love God's word. In fact, I just graduated with my doctorate in theology, so I'm crazy about it. But then we would be here all day long talking about it. Maybe someday you'll let me do that. But the Bible pornography, one of the most important um, scriptures to understand is found in 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 20. And it says, do you not know that he who's joined to a harlot, a porne or a prostitute, is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee, run away from, quickly get away from pornography or sexual immorality. That word sexual immorality is porne. It literally says flee from pornography. Every sin that a man does is outside of his body, but the one who commits sexual immorality, porne, sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And are you not your own? For you were bought at a very serious price. Jesus Christ died for you. You're bought at a very high price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And what I want you to understand is the part where it says, don't you know that when anyone who's joined to a prostitute, they become one flesh? Think about that. So every time you view pornography and masturbating, whether, whether you're masturbating or not, every time that you are spending time watching prostitutes, pornography, you are becoming one flesh with that person. And I know this to be true because in my recovery took eight long years. And those eight years of all those, it's interesting to note, I was in the sex industry eight years in prostitution, stripping, and pornography. As a man sows, so he reaps. So you can imagine 
I find it interesting that it took me eight years to recover. During those eight years, I had been with too many people to count sexually, and I took on all their junk. So a lot of people wonder why after they watch pornography that they're depressed, they're sexually acting out, they're, you know, all these different emotions, shame, guilt that you're going through, carrying this baggage. I know men who feel isolated, boys who feel isolated, they're depressed, they can't figure out what's wrong. And I'm like, you're doing yourself to prostitutes who are depressed and isolated and hate their lives and are suicidal. Every time you do pornography, you do become one flesh with what you're watching. The Bible and pornography is found, I think like, I think I found like 37 places just in the New Testament. And it's actually a generic term, it's a broad term. It means unclean sex. Anything that's unlawful is pornography, according to God's word. And that can be adultery, fornication, which is sex before marriage, viewing pornography, um, homosexuality, bestiality, anything that's not within marriage. Next. So I kind of want you to understand when you view pornography, what you are uniting yourself with or joining with. I want to talk about porn star deaths. Since 2007, 119 porn stars have died prematurely. And that's just the ones we know of. Seven died from AIDS. 24 died from drugs. 19 died from suicide. 17 were murdered. Six were accidental, which most likely is alcohol or drug related. 39 died prematurely from medical conditions. Seven died from causes unknown. Over 125 porn stars have died from AIDS since 1988. Let's look at the average lifespan for porn stars. When the deaths of 129 porn performers over a period of roughly 20 years were analyzed, it was discovered that there was an unusually large number of premature death from causes such as drugs, suicide, murder, alcohol abuse, accidental death, and disease. It was also discovered that the average life expectancy of a porn performer is only 37 to 43 years old, whereas the average life expectancy of an American like you and me is 78.1 years old. They're dying at almost half our age. Let's talk about what else you're uniting yourself with when you view pornography, sexually transmitted diseases. And I work very closely with the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health, and they put out a report in September of 2009, and in that report, they've been monitoring the porn industry since 2003. There's a porn star clinic, and of course, when STDs come through, that porn star clinic would send the results to the uh, public health department. They discovered that porn stars are 10 times more likely to be infected with a sexually transmitted diseases than members of the population at large, and that's in Los Angeles County. 2013 cases of chlamydia and 965 cases of gonorrhea among porn performers just between 2003 and 2007. And there's only about 2,000 porn stars in the mainstream porn. And out of those 2,000, there's maybe 100 male porn stars. It's mostly a female population of porn stars. They're the ones getting all of these STD infections, and you don't even know it when you're viewing it. 
Although I do have porn that I've researched, and you can definitely see they have an STD while they're being filmed. That's how disgusting it is. April 2004 to March 2008, there's been 2,847 STD infections among 1,884 porn stars. This isn't me speaking, this is the LA County Department of Public Health. Porn stars suffer multiple infections with some performers having four or more infections in a year. Chlamydia and gonorrhea among porn stars is 10 times greater than that of Los Angeles County 20 to 24 year olds. They are the most diseased group of people in the entire world. According to the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health, 70% of sexually transmitted diseases occur in females. Porn stars are subjected to and spreading sexual transmitted diseases like chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV, hepatitis A, B, and C, syphilis, herpes, HPV, and much, much more. There have been at least 26 HIV cases in porn stars since 2004. And let me tell you, only about nine have been publicized. They don't want you to know they're all catching HIV. According to the porn star doctor, remember I talked to you about the porn star clinic? Well, this doctor, she has a PhD in sexology, but she wears a white lab coat and all the girls call her Dr. Sharon Mitchell. She's the, the porn star doctor to the porn stars. All these young 18, 19 and 20 year old girls are believing that she's a medical doctor because they go in and she treats them for medical care and STDs and, and so they trust her. See, the porn industry is fraudulent. They offer a false sense of security to very young girls, many around your age. And so these girls go to this special porn star clinic. Yes, the porn industry only wants them to go to one clinic or they can monitor things and they can take care of it. It is the mafia, definitely a mafia clinic. So I wanna show you a short video now you've heard all the STDs I said and all the AIDS and all the deaths. I want to show you a really short video of the porn star doctor telling the girls and the porn stars that they keep the adult entertainment industry safe. My name is Dr. Sharon Mitchell. I was in the adult entertainment industry 25 years as an actress, dancer, producer, director, and, and then I got my doctorate um, and I founded the Adult Industry Medical Healthcare Foundation in 1998 and since then uh, we have done over 250,000 HIV tests. We're the largest uh, early detection HIV testing facility in the country and we keep the adult entertainment industry safe. So she just told all everyone out there they, they keep the adult entertainment industry safe. I want you to know that last year we closed that clinic down. That is the power of God. When people take a stand for the truth, God can work. I want to go back just a little bit to the porn and sex trafficking right before that video, I believe. I also want you to understand, not only is the porn industry filled with death and rampant STDs, because I want you to understand the situation. There's no condoms allowed, okay? And condoms don't protect all sexual diseases anyways, but definitely they're not allowed because People who view porn don't want to see porn with condoms. So they force these young girls to have sex without a condom, and they're all spreading HIV and herpes. In fact, that same doctor admitted that 66% of the porn stars, which is mainly females, have herpes. They get to live with herpes the rest of their lives. And these are the people that 
if you click on porn and view it, you are contributing to their sexually transmitted diseases, you are contributing to their deaths, their premature deaths, and you are also contributing to sex trafficking. According to the U.S. federal law in Title 18, this is sex trafficking defined. Any adult who is recruiting, enticing, harboring, transporting, providing, or obtaining an adult for commercial sex act through force, fraud, or coercion, that is sex trafficking. All of the women in porn are forced, coerced, or defrauded. You just saw the fraudulent porn star clinic they all had to go to since 1998. Young girls, 18, 19, 20 years old, are getting into the porn industry by pornographers who hunt them down on social media. I bet there's some girls in here who've been hunted down. They're going to your social media. Boy, you're so pretty. Oh, you should fly to Los Angeles and become a model. Oh, you could be... Oh, is it nude modeling? Oh, of course not. It's just bikini modeling. It's going to be great. Fly to Los Angeles. You're thinking, wow, the beach. Especially for those Midwestern girls. They really get, wow, I get to go to California. And they fly in there. And I know because I rescued these girls and I was there. And they literally fly them to a dumpy hotel where there's about five or six male performers and, and several camera crew. And they rape her. And they make a movie out of it. And they put on the internet and they tell her if she says one word about it, they'll send that movie to her family. They threaten these girls every single day. Pornographers entice young girls. Entice is not the word. You don't think we've all been enticed? Here's some fame. Here's some money. Here's some glamour. You're going to be the next biggest, hottest porn star. Am I going to be kept safe? Oh, yeah. You just get your test and you go to the nice little porn star clinic. We promise. We keep the adult entertainment industry safe. Fraudulent agents and pornographers lie about the work conditions. They don't tell the girls the works or the workplace laws. Let me tell you, California has workplace laws. Most of these movies are filmed in private locations on a mostly older male set. So girls like maybe there'll be two 18-year-old girls and maybe about 10, 30 to 40-year-old men who are intimid intimidating. These girls go on the set and they're like, um, I didn't say I would do that. They're like, oh, you're doing it. Because if you don't, we're going to sue you. Um, we're going to physically hurt you. Or we're going to send your porn to your parents and your family. This is what it is every single day in the porn industry. Even the contract girls will tell you how much they love it. We're all forced to say things. We're all groomed and trained by veteran porn stars, by doctors, unlicensed unlicensed doctors she that doctor doesn't have a medical degree fraudulent agents and pornographers like i said lie about the work conditions let's look at that for a minute cal osha which is california occupational safety and health act says that employees have rights in the workplace you can't just you know like at a hospital you know, if you're in a hospital bed and you're in the emergency room, do you want someone else's bodily fluids on you? I mean, of course that would never happen. It would never happen in a hospital. They have hazardous trash cans, gloves, masks. Everybody's trained to make sure that it's excellent patient care and, and that people are safe. But in the porn industry, they don't do any of that. It's actually illegal in the state of California and in the United States for bodily fluids to touch skin. And yet it happens every single day in the porn industry, and they're getting away with murder. That's a California workplace. So when I 
fight the porn industry, they say, well, it's consensual adults having sex. I said, in a California workplace, there are workplace safety and health laws. You have to have your Calosha sign up. Where's your Calosha sign? And every pornographer has to have a special written safety exposure plan. And if anyone gets exposed to bodily fluids, they have to be sent to a doctor. You think that happens for those girls in there? And yet the whole world is looking at porn. I'm a fan. So every time you click on porn, you're also contributing to abuse in the workplace. They don't even keep the laws. So now that I've given you kind of a background about what the porn industry is about, think about this too. There's 11,000 porn films released a year versus Hollywood's 400 films a year. So those girls are behind the camera a lot, and they know how to lie to you. We are paid to do it. We are trained to do it. Most of these girls have what I call the classic porn star background, come from sexual abuse, parents who didn't care. I mean, I always ask them, where's your parents? Oh, they don't care about me. Or they have sexual abuse when they were children. Like I talked earlier in the Bible class, 70% of young girls in the United States are, have been sexually abused. So what's happening is this culture is so hypersexualized that it's, it's destroying literally everyone involved. Porn doesn't do anything good for anyone. It's definitely not healthy. It won't help your sex life. It won't help your marriage in the future. In fact, it will destroy you. And my heart is passionate because I don't want all of you to learn sex from the porn industry. This sexually diseased, physically diseased, psychologically trauma and sex trafficking industry. God's got something way better for you than that. So now that we understand porn is sex trafficking, I want to talk to you a little bit about why I know that. I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you. Give me grace. It's not easy to stand up here and tell you my story. But, um, you know, I, I had sexual abuse at nine years old. And I, I loved Jesus. Let me backtrack. I loved Jesus so much when I was a little girl. I loved Sunday school. I loved reading the Bible. I had a call in my life. Let me tell you something. All of you have a call in your life. You, you belong to the Lord. And that devil, he's going to go after you way more, way more than he's going to go after, say, a person who doesn't know the Lord. I would say more than 50% of people in porn were raised Christians. It's true. And I can just see it. The devil's like, I'm going after anything, anyone that wants to carry the glory of Jesus Christ around. He, you are on his target list. He's after you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you need to hear. So what I teach parents is that as children and youth, we see God first through our parents' eyes. You know, so my mom was very mean and very religious. You're going to hell for that. You're going to hell for that. That's wrong. That's a sin. It was always about sinning and going to hell. And, you know, if I put something on top of the Bible, I got in big trouble for it. To this day, I still don't put anything on top of the Bible. I don't know. I just can't. <laughs> but so I've got, she's sitting there nagging and mean and angry. And, and, and then she would call me names. You know, you call your kids names, they become that name. My mom called me lazy, forgetful, for peculiar. I became all those things that she prophesied over me. And then my dad was distant. He was too busy. He was not affectionate. There was no, he didn't. Put his arms around me and say, wow, Shelly, you're a champion. 
You're going to be made for great things. You're going to do great things with your life. I see your potential. I didn't get any of that. So I was basically left to myself, which got me into trouble on the street. And I ended up going to a classmate's house and her older brother, a teenage boy, and her molested me. So at age nine years old, I had my first heterosexual and homosexual experience. And I was devastated. And I had no one to go to. I had no safe place. I was in shock. I felt violated. Then I felt dirty and I thought it was my fault. All these things go through your mind as a child and you know how to deal with it. But I remember this. A voice came to me that night and says, you're a bad, dirty little girl. And, and that voice began to speak into my life over the years, planting demonic seeds in my life, satanic seeds. And, um, and as time went on, I, I be, I, here I am acting out. I'm, I'm, you know, every, every sexual abuse victim is angry they weren't protected. So I'm angry and then I'm angry because my parents are neglecting me. I'm angry because my dad doesn't care. So by the time I was a teenager, I completely and fully rebelled. Madonna had just come out, and I was going to be unlike a virgin with all the boys just like her, because I was going to do whatever it took to get my parents to pay attention. A lot of these girls in porn, if not all, are there to get attention. Somebody's going to pay attention to us because we have something to prove. Maybe porn was the only thing we were ever good at, so that's, we're going to prove her the best. That was my attitude. I'm just going to prove it. And so high school, I just completely rebelled. And um, by the time I was 18, my dad had enough of me. No one ever really checked to see what was wrong. No one ever said, hey, Shelly, what's wrong, honey? Why are you getting D's and F's in school? I graduated with C's, D's, and F's. I don't even know why I have a diploma. I have the transcripts. You know, I wrote my book, and I'm like, no, Mom, really, I, I did graduate with C's, D's, and F's. I mean, I don't even know high school that would like to do that. Certainly not here, thank goodness. So, you know, I'm, I have terrible grades. I'm, I'm masturbating. I started masturbating at nine as soon as the sexual abuse started happening. And I'm, I feel sick. I feel dirty. I feel unloved. I'm wanted. Nobody cares. And by the time I was 18, my dad said, just get out. I'm like, get, what do you mean get out? Just get out. I'm like, where am I going to go? I don't have any money. And I don't have a driver's license because you taught me how to drive like a race car driver because my dad's a mechanic. So I got my license suspended by 17. Yeah, I used to know how to drive a stick without a clutch. That was pretty cool. Mm, to this day, I don't want to drive a stick because it will be tempting. I got to be a good mom. But so everything they taught me when I rebelled, it was like, but you taught me this. You weren't even there at all. None of the kids did sports. I have a brother who did baseball like once. My dad went to like one game. If I don't go to a game, I get in big trouble. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you, Teresa. But my point is, this is the classic background of someone who gets into the sex industry. So by the time I was kicked down the street, unbeknownst to me, I ended up in the San Fernando Valley, which is the porn cap of the world, which is one hour and 15 minutes south from here. That's how close we are. All the porn stars live there. 85% of the world's adult content produced is an hour and 15 minutes from here. And there's only about 200 companies that produce this stuff. And yet there's 
420 million pages of porn? So I didn't know that. I was only 18, and you know, I hadn't eaten for two days. I don't know if you know what that feels like to be homeless and not have food, but it sucks. And a, a pimp came up to me and lured me into the sex industry, and I swore I would never do prostitution. But a voice came to me and says, well, your parents don't care. God doesn't care. I go, yeah, why should I care? I'll just sell myself for $35. And a life of prostitution began for me, and it was horrific. I had to move around so much because men were constantly trying to abuse me. Most of the men that we saw, we were pulling like 10 to 15 tricks a day. Most of them had a wedding ring. And the message that men sent me my whole life was they could never be trusted. And I hated men. I hated my father. I hated these men for abusing me. And I was angry at God. I loved Jesus, but I told him I didn't like his dad. God, you I love because I know you died on the cross, but I don't like him. Where are you, God? I would cry and cry and cry. I would be homeless on the street crying out. How can a middle-class American girl end up on a street with no food? Where she has to walk around pulling sex acts with people like in mechanic mechanic places or like I would just go to different men's businesses and I was in shop just selling myself so I could eat then later on a madam picked me up and she dusted me off says oh no we're going to teach you the glamorous side of prostitution and sure enough she taught me how to barter men and get every last dollar I was trained and groomed from a very young age to lie to men and tell them how much I love them and get every last daughter kind of like the Porn stars make you believe that they love it and they only love you. They don't love you. They hate you. They don't want anything but your money. I always tell them, if you love porn so much, why don't you do it for free? Nobody would ever do that kind of violence for free. After a while, I got lured in. After about six years in the sex industry, surviving, surviving, surviving. It's like a war zone, you know. No kissing, no touching, and that men would try and break condoms, and I was constantly have to guard myself constantly, and then I got pregnant two times as a prostitute. And the first time the baby died from a miscarriage. The second time I kept my baby, as I knew in my heart I could never kill alive. I still had that one little value from Sunday school. I kept my baby, and I was a homeless prostitute, and I kept my baby. And she actually went to the school. Tiffany, Tiffany Lubin. So it's a pretty cool story. I'll have to go to my website and read my whole amazing story. But it just goes to show no matter what has happened in your life, God can work all things together for good for those who love him. So you know, I didn't understand what God was doing. He was silent all those years I was in the sex industry. Next thing you know, I'm a burnout stripper, drug addicted, alcohol addicted. I didn't care. I'd drink Jack Daniels all the time. And... I'd be sitting there wasted in the strip club, and a porn star comes in to recruit me. Another sex trafficking term, recruit. Yes, veteran porn stars go into the strip clubs, and they recruit, recruit young girls, and they get kickbacks. They get money to bring in new meat. And so they came into the strip club, and next thing you know, they're like, you should do porn. Oh, you'd be so hot. You can make so much money. And I'm like, money? I'm a single, burnout single mom. Money? How much? $2,000. 2000 bucks. Yeah. You know, is it safe? Oh, yeah, of course it's safe. 
You sure? Oh, yeah, you just take your AIDS test once a month and you'll be safe. I'm like, oh, we're clean. We're the world's cleanest people. So there's no STDs? Oh, no. I was completely lied to. Completely. Even the pornographers, as employers, they should be able to warn me about the risks that I'll be taking as I work for them. You think any pornographer ever warned me about risks? They don't care about the girls. It's all about the money. In fact, porn has become so violent, it's just about hate. It's just hate and violence. Back in my day, it was pretty bad, but now these girls are being completely choked, hit, slapped, kicked, called names, degraded. Do you think that's what women want? And sadly, many of the boys are watching pornography and they're believing that's what women want. But I can tell you right now, women, do we want that? Girls, do we want that? No, we do not. And that's not how God created it. God created it for, for you to cherish us. Anyways, after, about, after doing about 30 movies of being subjected to violence, sex trafficking, drugs and alcohol, oh yeah, we snorted meth on this set. Of course, nobody does porn sober. It's ridiculous. We're all getting high. We have to. In fact, there are two doctors in the San Fernando Valley that are in conspiracy with the multi-billion dollar porn industry. And when those girls can't get through their hardcore scenes, they go get Vicodin, Prozac, Norcos, Xanax. They all, these girls come to my house, they just dump all their drugs out. And I go, all right, which one are you going to get rid of first? So they get street drugs and they get prescription drugs. And that's why so many of them die so young. Remember I told you how many died? No other industry has more suicide rates or high death rates from drugs, homicide, AIDS than the porn industry. Well, after about 30 movies, I got burned and I caught two sexually transmitted diseases. And I was devastated. I tried to commit suicide because I don't want to live anymore. I was tired. I looked at God I said, you don't care that you would let this happen to me. And when I heard that I had a non-curable disease, that, that was it for me. And I tried to kill myself. And fortunately, God saved me through that. I had my stomach pumped. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times I tried to kill myself. I have scars over both wrists. That's how much I hated that life. And porn was the worst. It, it was the worst. And so after I left porn quietly, I just went, there's no reason to live anymore. I've got this kid and I have herpes and human papillomavirus, which later led to me having cervical cancer. And I had to have half of my cervix removed. I've also had three miscarriages and one ectopic pregnancy because my reproduction organs were so damaged. I'm blessed I even have some children. This is the porn industry. And most of these women in porn usually have three to five abortions for about a two-year work span. Abortion is so prevalent, it breaks my heart. I just go. And a lot of them now, their reproductive organs are so screwed up, they can't have children. Too late, they killed their babies. And you know what? Does anybody care about these people? Everybody will use them, watch the porn, masturbate to them. Does anybody actually care about that person that maybe that's somebody's daughter, somebody's sister? Could you imagine your mother or your grandma doing porn? But yet we just throw these people out. We don't care about them. And that's what happened to me. 
and I cried out to God to please save me over and over. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I cried. I cried out to God and prayed every single day I was in the sex industry. We're always down on our knees. We're in so much pain. We have no other place to go. And so God answered me. And a pastor's son came into my life. Porn star, pastor's son, not a good mix. I won't go into all the details, um, but he came into me and he just kind of looked at me and said, what's wrong with you? Why do you do what you do? And I, I explained my story and he was the first man to look into my eyes and care about Shelly. He didn't look anywhere else. He talked to my face. I hadn't had a man talk to my face in years. And he just started holding my hand saying, that is so sad. What happened to you? I was only 18. And this guy started caring about me. And it really, I wrote a book about this. God, ask your parents if you can read it. But it does talk about like, people who are sex trafficking victims. We don't trust anybody at all. And I kept pushing this love away. And, and he just said, no, I don't care what you do. You're not pushing away. God called me to marry you. And I'm going to take care of you. And I'm like, why do you want to take care of some crazy lady with, a kid in herpes. Just <laughs> because I love you. And so on Valentine's Day, I married that guy. And it was really rough. He had to put up with a very sick, mentally ill person for many years. And my medical, thank God he joined the army. I hadn't been to a doctor in years. Porn stars don't go to real doctors. We go get our hair done and our nails. We don't get our bodies checked out. There's girls that come to here to Bakersfield so I can take it to my doctor to get them pap smears because they haven't had one for eight or nine years. I go, they're, they're cancer waiting to happen. And, and every single girl I've helped, except for maybe a couple, have admitted to me they, of course, have sexually transmitted diseases. They're, we're all at a high risk. I have to be checked out every you know, six months because of my past. I paid a huge price, a huge price for getting into that industry but so I married this guy and uh it was really rough the first five or six years because I was just trying to understand like I would push him away and then I would be really an, an emotional vampire I needed him to tell me I was pretty all the time how great I was you know all the things my parents never told me um but during that time I began to read the word I began to go to church and I didn't want to go to church God's like you really need to heal. And, and, he, and when he joined the army, God had moved us to uh, Tacoma, Washington, where it rains 300 days a year. Um, party girl, sunny California girl. Like, I don't do the rain. I was such a diva. I don't do this. I don't do that. God's like, welcome to the school of humility. And I was humbled. And it took me eight years. And God made me go to church. And he made me go to a church where everyone was happy. How dare these people be happy while I'm miserable? All things are possible. I'm like, what are all these shiny, stupid people doing? And I'm like hiding, like, is there a pee on my chest? I mean, you just feel. But then the pastor, then the pastor comes out. I was very arrogant. I knew everything, of course. Well, I was like 26 going on like 70 in life years. The pastor comes out and he was like, he's 30, I'm 32. Well, today success begins on Sunday, and I'm like, okay, where's the exit? I'm so not like this is this joker, this little boy, 
you know, I didn't even like, man, I was going to listen to the path. But then all of a sudden he just stopped and he just, he had big church and he just looks right at me and he says, do you know that you're a champion? And I'm like, no one ever told me that. And the little girl in me is like, yes, I'm a champion. I'm smart. I'm musical. I had all these giftings. I can be something great. Yes, we're not doing it your way anymore. We're doing it my way. And the little girl in me just won. And that pastor became my father. And I sat there every Wednesday, every Sunday, whenever the doors were open, listening, tearing, grabbing my husband's bulletin. Give me your bulletin. I still wasn't nice yet, but look what he said. Oh, my gosh. As a man thinks, so is he. I think I'm a whore. Oh my God, no wonder I'm a wreck. I'm thinking all wrong. I just poured in the word, poured in the word. And every day I would get a little bit stronger. I would start learning how to forgive. Oh, nobody wants, we don't want to do that. That was really hard for me to forgive my parents. But he taught me how to do it. I needed someone to actually teach me how to do it. And he says, just don't think on it when you do. Think on something pure and noble like St. Paul teaches in Philippians 4.8. Arrest your thoughts, think on something good. You don't have to feel forgiveness. That comes later. But you can. There's a, the Bible's full of wisdom and nuggets about how to be a champion, renewing your mind. That's how you get transformed. People go, how do you get healing from porn? Renew your mind. Pour in the good stuff. You're pouring in television. You're pouring in cell phones. You're pouring in texts and all this porn. No wonder you're a wreck deep inside. And you know who you are that you are. Start pouring in the good stuff. It pushes out the truth by itself. It does something amazing. God's word is medicine to your bones and healing to your health. Well, to make a long story short, God went on a rampage and healed my life like crazy. And he would do crazy things like when I was pregnant, I have to go to the doctors in the military. And it was a training facility where we were stationed. And they would say, do you have any STDs? And I would hang my head down and go, no. I got herpes, because they have to know that for when you deliver the baby that you don't pass it on. Well, they said, do you want to be in a military study for pregnant moms with herpes? And I'm like, oh, what the heck? You know, I'll do that. I'll be in the study. Well, they called me back in two weeks and says, you come in here, please. And I said, yes, I thought something was wrong. And they said, ma'am, this is the United States Army. You do not have herpes. You cannot be in the study. And I'm like, well, of course I have herpes. I was on Zovarax and ma'am, we're in the United States Army. We're not wrong. You not have herpes. I'm like, I'm herpes free. Ah! I went home and I did the black preacher dance. My husband, I go, guess what? I don't have herpes. And I've been married 18 years and I've never had a herpes outbreak since that day. And that is the power of Jesus Christ. And that's just the beginning. God went nuts. He healed me from cervical cancer. Now I'm so used to him. Like, oh, just heal them, please. You want, you know, he can do anything. He, he showed off and he showed off to someone like me who did not deserve it. But you know what? I had a heart that cried out to him for help. So anyways, so today's my wedding anniversary. He put up with me for 18 years and we still have a herpes-free marriage and we have beautiful marriage. Um, not perfect, not perfect, but I love him with all my heart. So I did marry a pastor's son and God totally redeemed it. And now he's using our family to fight porn, which is a whole other story. I want to talk to you a little bit about, before I leave, about the youth porn statistics, because I want you to know what's going on. So I work with a lot of government agencies and doctors and, like, the most elite people in the world who fight pornography, and these statistics are pretty accurate. Um, and they're all found usually in studies or scientific studies. Um, so 
The first one is, think about this, in 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to porn before age 18. That's so sad. 70% of boys have spent more time, more than 30 minutes looking at porn at least once. 35% of boys have done this on more than one occasion. 23% of girls have spent more than 30 minutes looking at porn and 14% have done this more than one occasion. More and more, even the girls are starting to look at the pornography and oftentimes it's because the boy or the man is asking them to view it with them. 83% of boys and 50% of girls have seen sex on the internet. 69% of boys have seen porn showing same-sex intercourse. In fact, there was a study just done recently that straight men who view pornography are more tolerant of uh, same-sex marriage and, and homosexuality. But that's because they're looking at naked men. 39% of boys and 23% of girls have seen online sex involving bondage. And 32% of boys and 18% of girls have seen bestiality on the internet. You guys are looking at some really bad stuff. Remember, you're, you're, you're uniting with whatever, whatever you're watching. And this is very true that pornography actually leads to crime. You can ask a lot of prisoners. Ted Bundy did a really good interview if you look up online. And he said the reason he became a serial killer is a start of pornography. 18% of boys and 10% of girls have seen rape. 15% of boys and 9% of girls have seen child pornography. And only 3% of boys and 17% of girls have not seen internet pornography. Only 3% of you have not seen internet pornography. And yet it's such a, such a secret. And I know because many youth write me, because I am transparent. I had a 10-year-old write me the other day, please tell me I masturbate to porn, please help. I write back, can you go to your, someone safe, like a teacher, your mom? And she writes back, hell no. And I thought, that is sad. So when I talked to Mr. Ward about doing this, I said, he, he's so compassionate for all of you. If any of you need someone confidential to talk to, he says, confess your sins, therefore you'll be healed. Confess to one another. He's available. Dr. Mr. Root is available. My husband and I are available. Um, Miss Katie and I forget her last name, but she's awesome. Karen, <laughs> I'm crazy about you, by the way. So we're here because we know you guys are struggling with this stuff. I'm not saying everyone, but a large number. And I want to talk to you a little bit about pornography addiction real quick. I want to show you there's a process. Um, just like with any sin, you, you do the sin once and then you do it twice and then you do it more and more and then it gets progressive and next thing you know you're suicidal because you start that one little sin. Kind of like it starts with one cigarette and then you need like two packs a day. It's everything, any kind of addiction is progressive. So step one, addiction to the material causes you to kind of repeat and go back and watch it. Wow, you know. Step two, it then it escalates and your need for harder, more deviant, explicit sexually shocking material to achieve the same high you did. So basically step one was, you know, you like that just a boy girl scene, say. I don't know, step two, now you need, you know, five boys and one girl scene. And you, and you start to realize that you need harder stuff to achieve that same high. Three is you're desensitized. Now you're at a place where whatever was initially gross and shocking to you, don't even bother now. You're all in. Step four, this is when you start acting out and 
I have heard everything. I, I've done radio shows where some guy called and goes, I'm a truck driver and I'm sitting in front of school right now looking at those cheerleaders thinking who I'm going to steal. You know, just crazy stuff. I'm like, he goes, and it all started from watching Playboy. It all started from that one magazine. I would have to probably say it'd be interesting to do statistics on criminals in prison, but I'd say at least 80% um, are there because they began doing pornography. It does lead to crime. Boys, this is what scientific studies are saying about what happens to you for many teenage boys is vic and you are victims of pornography i say it's not you're not a bad person because you're going to be pornography. the pornography industry has ensnared you and i blame parents for for lack of talking with their children about sex and i also blame the government for allowing this evil to to influence and and our children have so much access to it it's like a can't you know it's all over so boys go through shame, they're struggling with pornography, they go through shame, then they get desensitized to the point where it's really even hard to have a relationship with a normal heterosexual girl. Or maybe, I know, I know boys that have been so addicted to pornography that they had erectile dysfunction, they had impotency, and they're just, they're a youth. You're still, you're, your male sexuality is still growing as a youth, and the porn industry just exploits that. They know that you're growing, and and then you become enslaved. You feel like it's hopeless, there's no way out, there's no hope. I'm here to tell you that's not true. That the power of Jesus Christ, there's nothing he can't heal, there's nothing he hasn't healed, there's nothing he hasn't seen or heard. And he's with you. I want you to know while you're sitting there viewing pornography, the Lord sees. You're his child. Girls, when they initially see pornography, they're usually very embarrassed. Oh my gosh. Or then they become victims of sexual harassment. Boys start, because the boys are so pornified, they start talking to the girls saying, you look hot or look at that. Or look, then they start talking to them in a sexually inappropriate way. And the girls are like, and then girls get really confused because the culture and the porn industry is telling them they need to be hot, blondes and all this stuff in order for guys to care about them. And then they feel like if I, if I you know, put up with them or tolerate or, or like do the porn sex he's asking them to do, then I'll keep a guy. And, and they get really confused. And it's just really sad. So I'm really hoping today I was able to kind of clarify, kind of read your mail a little bit. And I just want you to know without a doubt that when you click to view porn, every time you click on porn, you are contributing to the destruction of human lives. Every time you click on porn, you are promoting sex trafficking and child pornography. Every time you click to view porn, you unite yourself with sexually diseased, suicidal, drug-addicted prostitutes, and you become one flesh with them, and you are in harmony with them. But the good news is that Jesus Christ utterly saves. And I want you to know he is so kind and he is humble and meek like it says come to me all who labor are heavy laden and i will give you rest for your souls i'm humble and meek come to me and i want to show you that he's also very compassionate in the bible i was looking up a lot of scriptures about healing and many times he just healed all of them he's, he was so moved with compassion healed all their sick he didn't say oh you gotta stop smoking first nope stop that stop all that first he said, you come to me, I'll, I'll heal you. And then as he heals your life, you'll be so motivated by his love that you'll want to serve him with your whole heart. But it's up to you, though, to choose him. I made that choice. I made the choice to go back to the church. I made the choice to, to ask for help. I made the choice to turn away. Pour in that word, which helped me turn away. It, 
by the renewing of your mind. You've torn the word of God and the truth. And I've given you lots of large doses of truth today. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping that we can help turn you toward God who has an amazing plan for your life. So before I leave, I want to pray for you because I know that there's healing power in this place. Not only we're at a Christian school and we all have our faith united, but God's done a lot of healing in my life and deliverance, and I want to pass it on to you. So let's just bow our heads while I end this with prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory for everything you're doing here today. And I just ask right now that you would open up heaven and pour out your spirit on every single person here. You know what they're going through. Just pour out your healing power in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Just pour it out on them, Lord. Lord, I just ask you to heal and deliver anyone here who's entangled with pornography or sexual sin. Father, I ask you to send them good Christian friends who will support them. I ask you, Lord, to empower the teachers and the leaders to be there for them and help them as they heal, Lord. Lord, I ask you that if anyone has any kind of sexual abuse in their past or trauma, you would just heal them in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you know who they are. And anyone here, Lord, who's suffering with shame or guilt, Father, I ask that you would wrap your arms around and let them know that you love them, that you have a plan for your life, that you're not mad at them, but that you want to save them. You want to take them off this evil path that Satan has for their life, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Lord, you know the desires of their heart, Lord. Lord, as they delight themselves in you and grow in you, that you would bless them with all the desires of their heart. Bless them with your love, Father. Pour out your spirit on them. And I just thank you, Lord, so much for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Love you guys. We're here if you want to pray, okay? Whew, that was a handful. I honestly love her speech. I love her speeches. I love how um, very uh, vocal she is and how transparent she is and how passionate she is about uh, getting the message across about something that was so uh, dark for her and for her to get out of that. And I can see on her, I can see through her aura that is definitely, she had definitely did a 360 and that she is walking freely and what well, she was walking freely and every rephrase that and I love that so um that was part one I hope you guys enjoyed it I know it's a little bit long <laughs> but it's definitely um a lot of you can ponder on and you can see the parallel within um just like with the entertainment such as like uh, music they um we know that the music industry is very demonic and we see how people start off and then we see how dramatically they change when they get really popular and really um, become a celebrity. And um, it's just like the same on the same old song, honestly, when it comes to that or anything in the nature of um you know, stardom, fame, anything like that. It's always, 
always ends up into wickedness and vanity and just so much and it's you can see the parallel within um porn through music through uh stardom period i'll just say stardom period it's wicked if it's not could you can tell this wicked because um what people have to do to get it and what the message is for those who are celebrities how much of a platform that they have and most people who are talking about um truth and anything that's actually good and righteous they don't get that much they don't they are blocked they are hushed they are yeah they're not praised and definitely they don't get the limelight because we know who runs the show when it comes to limelight so they're going to definitely uh, make sure that whatever it is their agenda is they're going to amplify that so they only doing their job but with that being said i know you heard enough talking I hope you enjoyed, and I love you guys. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Um, it really means a lot to me. Thank you. Thanks for listening.